Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids, I've been excited about this one. So I'm bringing on a personal friend of mine, and I've known Sheremy for a number of years. She's a former Marine like I am, and we met through some Marine Corps networking and, you know, just became friends. And I have followed her fucking journey um, from when we first started talking and getting to know each other to the craziness of her life now. And I'm so proud of her, what she's done, what she's created. Um, it's just been fun to watch from the fucking cheap sheets as she continues to just blossom and change the wine world. So so I'm really excited to bring this one in and have a lot of fun. So champions, get ready. Miss Jeremy Law, welcome to the show, my dear. Please tell us your story. Well, first... Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's definitely an awesome thing to have people see you from uh, when you are no one per se to when you're actually living in your light. Um, I was in the Marine Corps from 02 to 06. And when I joined the Marine Corps, I really didn't, I didn't know the fun. Here's a story. I didn't know that I was going to get paid for being in the Marine Corps. I just knew it was something that I had to do. Wait, um, and so what do you mean you didn't I, know you were going to get paid? I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I pretty much raised myself. My mom was a single mother. So I, I have taught myself life. Right. I and so wow. I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't understand how life works. So I got my first Marine Corps paycheck and it was probably like, I don't know, 500 bucks. And I remember writing in a, in a, um, you know, letter home, like, oh, I got $500 in my checking account. Like, <laughs> it, it's so crazy to think about. Um, but with everything in my life, I, joining the Marine Corps was something I felt that I needed to do, like I needed to do it. And it was so life-changing. As I said, I raised myself. And so joining in the Marine Corps really built um, my life. Like I wasn't a bad kid. A lot of people were like, I'm bad when I joined the military. I wasn't, I just didn't know about life. And so I'm really glad that I did that. And so I did it was so that I could go to school, go to college, so I'd pay for that. Um, got out of the Marine Corps, uh, stationed Twin Nine Palms, California, stayed there for a year, got too expensive, came back to Texas. That's where I'm from. Yep. Um, go to college, went to college, you know, followed the rules of what everybody said college was supposed to do to you. Actually, I heard it this way. Like, I am a millennial. College was literally stuffed down our throats. Like, take out your loans. Like, your life isn't going to go anywhere if you don't get college. So, I mean, from when we were younger until you, you know, actually get to college, you're like, I have to be in college. Um, and so I went, so I went to college after the Marine Corps and I sucked at it. I, I was, I sucked at school. I am very <laughs> bad at um, book learning. I'm a very smart person, uh, but I've always school and, you know, I don't know why classes. Okay, like, hold on a second, I mean, it, it was awful. I'm not even. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. Is there anywhere you can get better Wi-Fi? 
Let it's me right. get off the Wi-Fi. I'm off the Wi-Fi. Is that better? Yes, tremendously. Perfect. Um, so start back to where you were awful in college. So, yeah, no. So I'm an, you know, awful learner. Um, so went to college, failed all my courses. Uh, to be honest, I'm not even, I'm like a couple of classes from being graduated. I don't even have my college degree. That's how, like, at the end, I just couldn't. I was done. Um, and so at that point, I thought my life was over. I don't have a college degree. Who's going to want to hire me? What am I, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Um, but come to find out, I actually have other skills, some really awesome soft skills, um, and, and, you know, talking to people and, um, you know, just kind of using the, that about myself, my really great soft skills. And so I ended up, you know, going through this really hard time, obviously, you know, college degree, couldn't really find a job. And then, uh, 2013 things opened up for me. Um, I ended up getting a job with the um, McKinney Housing Authority, um, and that was a huge eye-opening of how the government works. Um, I'm glad <laughs> I did it, uh, but I did it for three months, as that tells you anything. Um, and then from there, um, I worked my way into a military nonprofit, which that's where you and I mm -hmm. met. And then I worked my way up to executive director in the nonprofit. Again, all soft skills had nothing to do with college at all. Um, and then I went and worked for another, or another nonprofit and I realized I couldn't, I, I, although I love nonprofit, I can't stay in that world working because there's no money there. Right, right. Um, and I knew I had to go to corporate America. Now, you know what? I'm not going to lie. When I sat, when I first sat down in a cubicle, I cried. I did cry. <laughs> um, but I knew that I needed to make money and that's where the, I mean, if you're going to make money and you're not making it for yourself, you need to be in corporate America. And so I've been lucky enough to be there and get my benefits and get paid well and, um, you know, move into the wine world. So is the Marine Corps where you learn to drink wine? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, well, it's where <laughs> The funny thing is, I, that is where I learned how to drink. I learned tolerance and things of that nature. <laughs> I did learn how to drink in the Marine Corps. Of course, of course. But I'm a responsible, I'm responsible, so. <laughs> I'm not, so, so at least one of us are. <laughs> so, so you're literally a, a gal who raised herself, right? Which a ton of people can relate to that shit. Um, find your way through the Marine Corps. Kudos for making that, that, that leap. Um, and you know, out of all the services, females in the Marine Corps, that is the smallest group of any women in the service. When uh, I was in, it was 10%. And yeah, with anything I'm, in my life, I'm about the hardest. I, I, I don't know why I want to do this pain for myself, but I told myself if I'm going to do this, I have to go to the best. And so in the Marine Corps, sorry, anybody else out there and <laughs> all the other services, um, they've heard the know, show enough they know <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well I mean um, but like on Camp Lejeune where I was stationed I mean it was like 10,000 to one uh -huh, I mean, it, it yep. was it was insane exactly. numbers of guys to girl ratio I mean um, I remember the first time that I saw a female marine it blew my mind because I didn't know that females were in the marine corps uh, <laughs> right I, I I just totally didn't think about you know Buford South Carolina the training all there and all yeah I just it wasn't a thing. And then all of a sudden this gal showed up in our motor tea pool and I'm like, 
wait, that's a thing, you know. Um, <laughs> oh so, um, but I mean, that's just how, and, and it wasn't that I was against it. I just didn't know it was there. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of people were surprised when I tell them. I, mean, I grew up in a small country town in Kansas. You know, before I moved to Texas, I never saw a black person until I moved to Texas. I was that's so hillbilly, you know, growing up that that I'd never seen it, and then yeah, to Texas, and now I mean, it, it was it was wild because now I was amongst people that I've only seen on TV. You know, so it was a culture change and shock. Yeah. Only going from, but it's so good though. It's good. Oh God, you. absolutely. It's it's been. I think the greatest thing the Marine Corps taught me was accepting of other people. Mm. Um, because, dude, you're slammed with fifty people from different states, cultures, backgrounds, and trust me, there's no secrets at that point. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you're and you're all on the same level. Nobody's better than yeah, the other yeah, person. That's right? it. That's it. And um, it was a great, great culture training for me. Um, so you go from that, you chase the nonprofit game and we know there's no money in there, but kudos for giving it a go. Um, I started my own nonprofit. It's a bitch of a job. It's, it's a lot of work for no money. Um, we 100%. didn't make any, yeah, we didn't make any money personally off of that nonprofit. Ours was donated, but, uh, but the people that did the work got paid, man, this to make shit. Um, all no, the way 100%. Up, yeah. I, and from there I learned, you know what? I want to be the person writing the checks. I love community. Mm. I love giving my community. I love helping people, but I, I want to be the one writing the checks. Well, and, to and do not that. to get on a tangent, the greatest people in the world are social workers. They're also the most yep. underpaid puck fucking people what? in the world. Biggest hearts in the fucking world. Um, but but they I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. They're awesome though. They are. They're great people. Great people. And usually funny as shit and got some of the best stories. Um, <laughs> you know. So then you go, how do you hell do you go from corporate America? to this wine diva that that is now every time I see you like on Facebook or anything it's my wine's here my wine's here my <laughs> wine's here it's like your fucking wine's going everywhere you know how did that happen well it's so crazy um it all started just really experiencing Texas wine so again if you know anything about sharing which you do I love Texas. I'm a Texas girl, born and raised here in Texas. Uh, but it's more than just saying, hey, I'm from Texas. Like, Where's I, your boots heart. and spurs? That's the Yo, first thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, my heart is here in Texas. And right. so uh, my partner, Todd, he's my left partner. And he's also, um, you know, business partner per se. I'm the owner. He's investor. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So it's ours just started out as, a getaway for us was to experience Texas wine. Uh, he developed a piece of agriculture equipment with his dad, which required him to be away for a year and a half doing research and development. And in that, when he'd come back, we would run away to visit Texas wineries. Um, and then we had one of his family members at a dinner, she sold wine in New York. And we asked her, hey, have you heard about Texas wine? And her reaction wasn't a good one. And no. we didn't know why. <laughs> and so he was in the army, I in the Marine Corps, you know, we're crazy anyways. So let me explain this craziness of you two really, really quick. Cause <laughs> people can only hear this, right? So you've got a female Marine, uh-huh. Who who's a black gal? You got a white dude <laughs> army guy, 
And now these two are hooking up. So two almost rival forces that do nothing but pick on each other on a regular fucking basis. Now that are going to catch hell by society because it's multicultural and everything else. Yo. You guys have been one of the funnest stories I've watched as you guys, your relationships blossomed as you guys got, it really truly has been cool to see you guys do what you do. Uh, oh, thank you. Well, you know, you know, we can get back to the story, but Todd and I, like we, we know our differences, right? Like we've had to work through a lot to get to where we are. Like we are happy and, you know, healthy and all people like, you're not married. No, we're not. But you know what? I, I think we're our relationship a lot healthier than some married couples, you know? (laughs) Uh, So I don't think that means anything, Uh, but we've worked really hard to get down to the, the, the bottom of who each other is because we've had to on every, on every level. Well, now you've got a business together. So there's no secrets left. (laughs) No, none at all. I mean, when you have to get to the bottom of not just who the person is, but we have different cultural backgrounds. He comes from a Finnish family, like a hundred percent Finns where they're, everybody is a Finn, like within you know, 500 people there. He only knew Finns. Um, for, so for this Finn, little Finn boy, (laughs) and then you come walking in, (laughs) it's so crazy. Um, but you know, we wanted to experience Texas wine and why did we get a bad reaction? Like why? Because our experience isn't what that reaction was about. And so for about two and a half years, we literally traveled the state of Texas. Obviously, Texas is a huge state. Uh, Meeting with winemakers and growers and telling their stories online. Um, And then from there, we realized nobody was really selling Texas wine. Uh, About 95% of all Texas wine is drank within the state. And then we have about 500 uh, G permits, winery permits. And each of those wineries are only really focused on their, you know, area. Maybe 10 wineries are in distribution, uh, maybe less than that who distribute outside of Texas. Um, And so we realized there was this market for us um, in the wine world because we saw that there was a need to push Texas wine because we are doing awesome stuff in this state when it comes to growing and winemaking and all of that. but it's time to push it outside of the state. And with the things that happened in California, you know, and, you know, we're very sorry about the, the, the fires and then all of the, you know, things that are going on in Europe when it comes to tariffs and, you know, climate change and everything in Europe, like, people are looking for another alternative in wine. And so that here comes an emerging wine region of Texas. And it's not just Texas. There's really great Virginia wine. You've got Colorado wine. Minnesota's making some wine. And so um, American wine is really coming up and uh, their quality and people are starting to recognize it more. So it's, it's no better time to get in it. And then, you know, people are starting to be aware that there's not that many black people in wine. Mm. And so, you know, we want to kick in that door and, you know, make space for people. I saw, all- an, I saw an amazing picture with you and two other gals and it was like the black women in wine or something like that. It was a great yep. picture of you guys, you know, you know, so, so help me out with, with the Texas wine, because so I've done the Fredericksburg, you know, yep. the Fredericksburg Trail. Guys, if you've never been to Fredericksburg, Texas, it's a German town. There's got to be like 30 town. or 50 freaking wineries around that damn town. And you can literally, you know, take buses and just go wine hopping. 
And trust me, you want to make sure you finish by your camper, your RV, or your B&B because <laughs> you're going to be feeling no pain by the time you get to the end of it. But, Second to Napa in foot traffic. Is it really? Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know. But I mean, you're talking about venues that you would see in Napa. I mean, these yeah. are huge, huge wineries and we joined so many wine clubs and I think that's how you get you. They get you a little bit, you know, yep. like, you know, we have a wine club. Oh, this is the best fucking wine. Letter. I think I had like a thousand dollars of wine clubs when we left. It was insane. Um, because oh, my wife would be like, Oh, that's awesome. And the next thing you know, I'm buying that damn wine club, you know, but you know, a lot of people outside of Texas don't know about it. Right. They don't mm-hmm. know that we have that. They don't know that there's a, um, even wine really in Texas. So I, I love this mission, but explain to them how vast really the wine market is here. Because um, I don't think people wrap their head around how big Texas is in general. So the size of Texas. So if you look at Texas, we are probably the size of France. A lot of people say that. They want to say Texas is the side of, size of France. I forgot how many hundreds of acres that we have, but we, we have Oh, goodness gracious. I want to say, ooh, don't get me to line. We have tons of acres of so to go from Yeah, yeah. Of, to go from one side of Texas to the other, I mean, you're an eight, nine hour drive. Yes. If not 12, right? So 100%. And we have we have seven, eight ABAs, which is America American Viticulture Areas, which are wine growing regions. But even outside of that, people are growing grapes and they have their wineries. I mean, it's just a huge, huge market. The issue is, again, that people are only, you, you don't, Texas is huge. So you could put a winery and your family could live off of that winery because of the people that live around that right, winery what's right. the point of really going in distribution right when all your people that you serve is right there with you um we are ooh, in grape growing i think we are third in the country in grape growing so it goes obviously california then it goes New York, and then it goes Texas, I believe. And well, so I know New York had that much with grapes up there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So the Finger Lakes region, upstate. Um, yep. Then it's good, great wine. Um, so we are doing some awesome, awesome stuff again. But there's no really incentive to get outside of the where you are, except for to show the world what we're doing and so that's what Todd and I have joined you know forces with some of their you know very large wineries uh here in Texas to to be able to do that well you know um when I think of like trying to take a Texas alcohol out of Texas you think of Tito's and what they've accomplished and done um if you guys haven't had Tito's vodka freaking amazing vodka um uh even tx wixie you know is doing the same thing so i know that the liquors are doing it um it's it's cool to see the wine trying to make the big move because you know traveling overseas one of the coolest things that that i get to do is people are like where are you from and i say texas and they get all giddy right because yeah only thing cooler about being from the united states is being from texas you know yes. <laughs> um it's it's really really cool to go out there so it's fun to be in these other countries like we saw a bottle of Tito's in Ireland. It was, you know, just absolutely the coolest thing in the world to see this Texas, you know, product, you know, everywhere. So how are you guys getting the word? I mean, we know we're doing a podcast right now, but but how are you guys telling the world and how does that work? So, you know, 
2020 has been a crazy year for everyone. Why? Right. right. You want to look at that, like the bad of what it is, but there's also has been a good side of 2020, which has kind of made everybody sit at the house, right? Around the world, we are all on the same schedule um, and we're all kind of getting bored. And so everybody's attention is online. And so what I've been doing is really pushing that online kind of who share me wine is. So everybody, I sell my wine online. People find me online. We've been featured in global press. Actually, I've been reached out from the UK, um, obviously, um, uh, exporting is on our hopefully 2021, 2022 plans. People are interested. Um, but 2020 with all of the absolutely horrific things that have happened and are going on and hurting businesses on the flip side, which is kind of hard to say, you know, but you have to acknowledge it. It has been good for Share Me Wine because as a very, very small brand with a very small marketing budget, we've been able to reach the highest levels within the wine industry around the world, which is a really cool thing. And it's all because everybody's focused is in one place. Look, I'm a firm believer and it's really, really, really simple. Anybody who took action during this time and created survived and won. And anybody who didn't, you know, they went away. Um, and, and I know that may sound rough, tough or harsh, but it's the truth is the reason you guys have found success is because you didn't sit on your ass. You got in the game, you adjusted, you moved yeah. and you kept fucking pushing forward. And that, and that's yeah. everything, you know, to, to make things happen. And yeah, 2020 sucked, but for a lot of businesses, this has been one of their greatest financial years ever because they did something. So kudos yeah. for, for, for that. That That's huge. So oh, well, thank you for saying that. Because yeah, you know how you talk about Oh yeah, it. you got a tender foot into it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so so you go from you know distribution to creating your own wine and now have your wine being sold places. You know, that was a smooth transition, no problems, no issues. And you made it just, you know, a multi-billion dollar corporation now and life's good, right? It was really- I wish. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. I receive it. I receive it. Walk us through kind of that journey of, of what it was like trying to figure out licensing and, you know, buying grapes the first time, setting up your own vineyard. I mean, because there's value in those ups and downs and the hurdles and the shit that you went through. So, like I said, we have a very small budget. So it's pretty much Share Me who's had to figure out everything for Share Me Wine, which, hey, my name is on the bottle, okay? <laughs> um, and it comes back to that, I've got some really awesome soft skills. I may not be good in the classroom, but I've got some really awesome soft skills. And so I have really perfected this um method of learning um and it's getting around people who know what they're doing and really asking questions and really observing what they're doing and so in that two and a half years of us you know you know getting to know winemakers and growers it wasn't all fun and games although when you post on social media you're like oh i'm here i'm here (laughs) but 
I was really learning, right? People were so kind and opening their doors and letting me see the nitty gritty of what it was. And so by the time it was for Share Me to set up Share Me Wine, I knew enough to get through it. Now, have I been burnt quite a bit? Yes, because you're going to get burnt in the learning process, right? You're never going to know every single step um, in starting anything. Um, And so I've kind of had to go, okay, I kind of know this is where I should start. I'm going to put in this application and then they'll tell me what's wrong with it. You know, I don't have money to get a lawyer to put it in for us. And that's exactly what happened. And I learned (laughs) how to do it. So anybody who needs help with a, no, I'm not a lawyer. Don't come to me. I don't, you know. Um, You know, what I love about that is so many people are sitting in thought, right? They're lost in inaction because they're going like, I've got to have this right, this right, this right. Fuck that bowl in a China shop freaking, you know, pull the trigger and do the thing that you're overthinking. You have to. I actually have a friend who we both started talking about the idea of something in 2017, right? Um, And I'm where I am and they are still in the discovery phase. And it's heartbreaking to see because you don't get that time back. And it, it was all a fear. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm scared at each step I take, but you know, you, you got not each step I take, but when you do big things, you're like, I don't even, okay, let's go and do this. Um, but you just have to, you just have to do it. And if you get burnt, it's going to hurt, but you're going to live and it's going to be okay. And it actually makes you stronger and gives you more confidence, you know? Yeah, and here's, I mean, even as, as I built my business, there's been so many times that I'm like, I, I'm in over my head. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what actions I should take. And you just start stepping. And people often ask me, they're like, how do you know which action to take? I'm like the one that's right in front of you, right? The one that's scaring the pure living shit out, do that. Yep. Yep. So another one is, Uh, One of my favorite CEOs that I just kind of worship at the feet of is Susie Batiste. And she is the founder of Poopery. And you you know that brand. It's just gone so big. Um, But I would tell anybody to get to know, like you'd just start following her on social media, Susie Batiste. But she talks about having these alive ideas, like getting in, you know, and I only know a little bit of it, but I know what it feels like inside. You once you work this muscle of getting to know like your body and knowing that you're making that right decision, your body will tell you, like, you'll feel it. Like you'll feel like, yep, this is it. Yep. This is it. And even if you get burnt a little bit, you're, you can readjust in that. And so um, I do a lot of that. Like, how does this decision make me feel like I do a really quick inventory. Like I don't, I try not to sit on stuff too long, but just really quick. If I'm like, eh, then it's a no. But if I'm like, uh-huh, even if it's scary and it's like, my body's like, nope, you got to do it. You got to do it. I'm like, okay, let's go, you know. You know, it's so funny because I, I went through the same process. You know, nobody tells you when you launch a business how much you're going to discover about yourself, right? Because, 100%. <laughs> dude, because when, you, when you're fucking stacked up against it and you're like, how do I pay my bills? How do I make this shit? Oh my God, I got to do this over here, you know. There, there's no excuses left. It's all on you, right? And in, and in that you moment- You can't cry. <laughs> you got to keep moving. Right. I mean, you well, can cry, but you still got to move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you can cry. I mean, there was one day I got so freaked out that I puked in the backside of my farm because my I was just so mm. amped the fuck up, you know, over what the next move. And I'm like, step, just fucking step, you know. And 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 you know, nobody can prepare you for that, right? And and it it's that literally that move where you just gotta go take the fucking hit, right? One hundred percent punch in the face and then keep moving forward. 100%. And it's funny that you bring that up. I would suggest to anyone, if they're in the beginning stages, no, actually, I don't care what level you are, but I know what level I'm at. In those places where stuff is just coming together and you don't know what to do, I think one thing I suggest is people to work on themselves, right? Start pulling out that junk, start healing yourself, start, I don't know if it's to go talk to a psychiatrist or whatever that looks like, because once you get to a certain level in entrepreneurship and you understand that, you understand this, the emotional roller coaster that you're on, you need to be able to handle that. And it's really hard to handle that emotional roller coaster if you have stuff inside of you that's not healed. So I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor or anything of that nature, but I, I'm telling you what, I focus on so much healing, it's not even funny. I still have a long way to go, but I don't think I would be able to get here today if I was that same share me that you met years right. ago, you well, know? Let me ask you this because I, I mean, I, I'm curious if you ran into the same thing. Cause so for me, I love telling people I met me on this journey. Do you feel the same way? 100%. 100%. I'm like, Oh, this year I like this. Year. Right. You know, right. Like, no, when I actually, before I even started at about age 33, I had a small breakdown. It wasn't like a complete breakdown, but it was a small breakdown because the direction of my life wasn't anywhere that I thought it should be. It was, it was not good. Right. Like it wasn't horrible, but it, I was going to turn out to be an average person. And now there's nothing wrong with being average, but I don't want that for myself. And so that was that first. I'll say awakening. there's everything wrong with being average. Life is too fucking short to be average. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, but that's what kind of shook me awake to really like discover like who share me is. And then the more that I learned about myself and became more loved myself, the more other people liked me and wanted to be around me and wanted to listen to me and all of those things. So there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I find myself often now sitting across from people within five minutes. I'm like, why haven't you started a business? right? Why haven't you done it? Get in the game, you know, because so many people I think are moving through their life and they're, they're just doing the motions, right? They're not discovering themselves. They're not, they're not challenging life and they're, they're miserable, but they're playing such a safe game because of all the what ifs and, you know, the excuses that come. And, and I mean, I hear people, I'm sure you do too. They blame their kids. I can't do this because I have kids. I can't do this because I have houses, cars, and they, they blame it on stuff. And I'm like, dude, fuck all of that. You know, 100%. Go through the muck. And, you got to wake up from this slumber. I think one of the biggest things for me is when I realized how many people were literally walking through life asleep, right? Mm. Like walking through life. Yeah, doing the motions, going like whatever, but not realizing that there's a life 
uh, for them outside of that. And so that's one thing I really push is like, wake up out of this slumber. And you know what? It, you, it could go wrong. Like Todd and I, we look at each other and, you know, we put up this money down and like, we could lose it all, but we have, would have learned so much that we can make it back, right? The money is, the money will come, right? It will, it will come. You will get another, you know, whatever job. And I know, you know, Gary V actually said that it's another guy that I follow, you know, really like his little tidbits really push me. And so it's like, it will, it will come back, right? But the time, like I said, 2017, 2020, that time is gone. You won't get that time. You won't get that time back. And it actually takes a lot longer than you think to grow a business. So you need to start like right as soon as possible. So my, so you launched in 2017. What month? I'm just curious. So ooh, August 2017. Dude, that is so fucking funny. Here's why. I launched in September of 2017. We're damn near on the same fucking journey. That's are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I left Sandler and did all that stuff, when you and I knew each other, yeah, um, I that's when I left was September of 2017. So I mean, just to give people perspective, guys. That's three fucking years, three fucking years for us to get here. Yeah, and the amount of work, heartache fucking banging your fucking head against the wall the the small wins that that add up to the bigger wins that's three years of some fucking a, a lot of damn work so that's cool i didn't know we were on the same timeline like that that's that's really fucking cool you know so so i mean with all this i mean you're literally changing how the world views wine being a black gal in 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 this whole thing changing how the world sees Texas wine, which, which is really, really, really cool. Um, you know, and, and you're sharing your story. We get to see your pictures all over the Facebook of all the different wineries and the things. Um, some of them are really funny. I'm like, Oh, I know how much wine she drank in that picture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, where, I mean, where's all this taking you? Where do you think it's going to, where you're going to go? What's on the horizon? So what we definitely hope is uh, that we are we are making something for our kids, right? Uh, I think what keeps pushing me and Todd um, is that we are at the start of, you know, breaking generational curses and preparing our kids, which we don't have kids, but, you know, when and if they do come, we're setting something up for them. So that's what pushes, that's long-term share me wine, you know, here, global brand, all this other stuff. Um, but but here in the future, in front of us, we released our first wine, which is uh, our 2019 Share Me Wine Riesling, 100% Texas. It's awesome and great and good. Uh, we got a silver uh, medal um, at a wine competition. So proud of awesome. that. Awesome. Um, we bottled our rosé. Hold on, I, I want right to celebrate here. that because that's just fucking cool. Hold on. So, so you produced a wine and already taken it to a silver ribbon I and mean, your first wine our very first one and i and they were judging hard i was actually volunteering um at the competition which there's no like i wasn't i didn't know which one my wine was or anything like that um but that's that's how i get close to people is by giving a lot of my free time so <laughs> um, awesome. i do a lot of volunteering with <clears throat> wineries and uh with the wine associations and i mean i just give a lot of myself which has been very helpful anyways um and they were judging very hard with to our very first wine um our wine released september 21st 
we delivered to 22 states. Uh, although we only started out with 84 cases, um, we because we were like, let's are were we are we correct in our thinking? Um, delivered to 22 states, we are 60% sold out of our first bottling, wow, and good. so. You know, we're really proud of that as, you know, a, you know, a wine coming from an emerging wine region from a brand new brand to sell 60% in two months. I mean, that's September, October, two, three, two and a half, three months. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. And we have our second wine in the bottle, which is right here. I showed you our uh, Montepulciano Rosé 2020. Uh, we only got 54 cases of that because it was a very hard growing season for Texas. So there wasn't a lot of fruit. We're hand bottling our white uh, white wine blend, which is a Viognier Marsan Roussan blend. So Rhone Valley-esque. Um, then we have a Tintacal Tariq National blend in the barrels. And then we'll be bottling another red here yes. soon. So Bring me the red wines, babe. That, that's that's my... what everybody says. That's what everybody <laughs> says. We're trying. Wine. They just take a lot longer. And right. that's another thing I would tell people is don't wait for the perfect time. Like, you know, we could have waited till we had a whole portfolio, but I think we would have missed a really awesome opportunity to release where we have people's attention. And mm -hmm. so it was like, Hey, you know, let's release with one wine. Now that has been difficult in and of itself because people are like, oh, okay, I've had a taste. Oh, I bought another bottle. Now it's like, okay, we're looking What's for next, something man? Yeah, so that has been a little bit difficult. But, you know, I think, I, you know, but people are excited and ready for the rest of our wine because we we came out with such a hit, you know? That's awesome. And, and seriously, it's fun to watch. Um, just because you know, so, and you know, this is fun for me because, you know, one, I know you, um, and you don't usually get to meet the people behind the wines. You know, that's true. You, you know, oftentimes you're just, you know, you're you're blindly buying a bottle off a shelf because you know, liquor stores and whatnot don't do yep. tasting. So unless you go down to like a Fredericksburg area, a Napa area, you don't get to try a lot of the wines. You don't get to meet the winemakers. So this is cool that that you're making so much noise in this arena and putting a face to the actual wine. Um, uh, and I think that has a lot of the tremendous value and I'm sure the wine's good. I haven't had a bottle yet, but I'm going to rectify that very soon. You're going to have to, you right? try our, try our rosé, try the, the Riesling, it's 2.4% residual sugar. So it's just a kiss of sweetness. It's not super sweet. And our, we I thought you said you weren't a sales guy. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, and our rosé, our rosé is delicious. It's bone dry. It's got a nice acidity to it. Um, I love it. I'm going to be sad when this one goes, so. Oh, that, that's the crazy thing about wine that I don't think people, a lot of people who aren't big consumers don't understand is that's 54 cases. Once that 54 cases is gone, it's gone. It's gone. Um. And the, I think the great thing about doing it, how we're doing it is we don't have to keep it at a standard. So if you buy a grocery store wine, nothing against them because, hey, we want to be in a grocery store one day, hopefully, knock on wood, 2021, um, we're working towards that, um, but, but only a few grocery stores, not, anyway, it doesn't matter. But when you get to a certain size, that love is gone in that wine. They have to make it like everything. They just have to make it uniform. So it tastes literally the same every year. Um, no matter what happened that season, they have to make that wine taste like you know that it should taste, which means 
they're adding chemicals right. and other things to make it make it that way. So we I mean, hope come on, to, dude. There's box wine. I'm just saying. I'm you kidding. know, I mean, <laughs> you can't hate on box wine because sometimes <laughs> you need that. Um, but we hope to always still have that that little touch of love uh, within Share Me Wine. That's brilliant. How do people find your wine? Where do they go? How do they find you? Yeah, so you can find our wine at www.sharemewine.com. Um, and that's where we are selling to 34 states. Um, hopefully, how are you handling because uh, how are you handling the the distribution like Texas? I mean, it's very hard to send wine out, liquor, and things into Texas. How does that work? Yeah, so we have an awesome partnership with a fulfillment here, center here in Texas that that's all they focus on. Um, so usually if you get a shipment from a winery specifically down in Fredericksburg area, so we literally drive our wine all over Texas, um, but we we use some of this, the fulfillment center that a lot of the big wineries gotcha. use down okay. in Fredericksburg area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and they can ship that. They ship that wine for us outside the state. Right on. I need to know what winery though that I'm that I need to go down and see because I love Fredericksburg. It's a, it's an awesome area. It's a fun town. You have to go. You have to go. Although I the housing issue, I know they know it's an issue. They need to work on that. So. Right. <laughs> awesome. It's expensive. Awesome. Well, girl, this has been a hell of a, hell of a conversation. I've, I've truly enjoyed watching your story unfold. It's, it's fun. It's even more exciting for me now knowing that we're, we're running that same, same path of the time we've been doing it. So that's really, really, really awesome. Here's how I wrap up every show and I do stump some people. So get ready for that. Okay. If you were going to leave the champions around the world who listen to this show with a quote, a phrase, a saying, or a mantra, especially when they're stacked up against it. What would be that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I can't, I don't know it word for word, but I, but pretty much don't give up because right. there's no, you have no other, there's nothing else for you to do. If you aren't doing this, you aren't doing anything. I wish I knew the name of that quote, but I don't. That's all right. Came across beautifully. Jamie, thank you so much for doing this, girl. This is, it's exciting. Um, we're going to figure out how to partner up on some things uh, and just make some other badassery happen, girl. Just proud to know you. Keep rocking and rolling and keep changing the world. Awesome. Thank you. Been wanting to change things up a little bit on how we talk about our sponsors and the people who help make this show great. So this is gonna be a little bit different style of commercial. Family Fund has been supporting families of first responders for a number of years. And it all started as a idea of Stacy and Michael McGovern who are the founders of Blue Family Fund. And it's a really unique story, but instead of me telling you, hear it in Stacy's words of why they started Blue Family Fund. Because I wanted to give back, I wanted to do more. You know, we'd been so successful in our for-profit business that um, we looked at each other and we said, you know, how can we, how can we pay this forward? My husband and I, how, you know, how can we pay it back, pay it forward? My grandfather, when I was growing up, always used to tell me, you know, in life, you get what you give. And um, I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you put out there, you sometimes get back threefold. 
So we really just wanted to do more. We were already helping police officers, you know, with off-duty work. So how could we help the families? You know, as a family of a police officer, I understand that it's just as hard on the family as it is the actual officer. How could we do more for them um, by providing maybe scholarships for their dependents or financial aid for dependents that want to uh, pursue higher education? Stacy is one of the most humble people I know. Uh, their company, Point Blank Safety Services, has employed 200 off-duty police officers for, for several years and success on protecting the freeways, the highways, and everything else has done just amazing things, not only for the state of Texas, but for the lives of the family officers that need additional income as they protect our lives. So for the fact that her and Michael would set up this fund to help the families in times of need, it's, it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. Blue Family Fund is focused on first responders and their families. And recently, Stacy and Michael were able to give a small check to a the family of a fallen police officer. He was a, a husband and a dad. And very touching uh, moment as I watched the video and presentation of the check. And you know, I, I wanted to hear from Stacy what it meant to her to be able to do that for that family. It's amazing. Um, the feel I can't I can't even describe the feeling. And then, you know, when you know I don't feel like it's that much money, but then when you hand it to them and they they um, break down crying because it's just enough to maybe get them over the next hurdle or obstacle that they've got going on. Um, it's it's really a great feeling just to be able to, to do that. And the, the family you're talking about, both daughters are actually also firefighters, so they're both first responders as well. Um, so just a total first responder family and um, just to be able to give back to them and, and let them know that there are people that that are going to remember their dad and their husband and there are people that care. It's It's a really great feeling. One of the things that I think is magical behind the Family Fund is because of the success of Point Blank Safety Services, Stacy and Michael have set up Blue Family Fund to where 100% of the donations go back to the families of first responders. How we're different than maybe some other charities, how we pay all the bills for the, the nonprofit ourselves. So every single dollar donated can actually go directly to a family. So literally 100% of all donations are um, handed forward, you know, to, to either a scholarship or to a, a financial aid for a family that has lost a first responder. Blue Family Fund has been my charity of choice for a number of years now, and it's truly an amazing organization. So if you're a fan of the show, and you like the content we put out there, do me a favor, head over to bluefamilyfund.org and send a little financial love their way. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. 
And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows, and that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.